Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, While I have you here, please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low-barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. Hey, this is Adam from Toronto, and I support Creative Control because Vish is full stop one of the best arts interviewers in Canada, or anywhere in the world, really. He approaches every episode like he's known the artist for years, creating a conversational atmosphere that gets straight to the heart of the work. No one else in podcasting gets it quite right like he does, with a mixture of meticulous research, wise artistic insights, and well-humored personal connections. I proudly support Vish and Creative Control on Patreon. You should, too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. John Wright is a gifted songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, producer, and one of the world's most remarkable drummers, who currently calls the village of Lund in British Columbia home. Originally from Victoria, British Columbia, Wright and his brother Rob co-founded No Means No, were vital and active between 1979 and roughly 2014, earned a loyal fan base, and because No Means No and his other bands, like Hanson Brothers, toured this planet just as hard as any human possibly could, they altered and enhanced punk and underground rock music right around the world. Since No Means No ceased playing together, John has worked with actual robots in the band Compressor Head, which we discussed the last time he was on this show back in 2015. After some measure of musical silence, on April 21st, 2023, he released a wonderful new album called Lifelike, attributed to his new solo venture, Dead Bob, 
And so John and I reconnected for a talk about things like wildfires, which, as we were speaking at the time, had just started to wreak havoc on Western Canada in the summer of 2023. We also discussed the end of No Means No and how his brother Robbie's doing these days. His own decision to move up to his cabin in Lund and build a workshop to make music. How he began working with Compressor Head and the current state of that robot rock band. What prompted him to revisit his and No Means No's musical archives to create Lifelike with a few collaborators. An update on a No Means No biography that Jason Lamb has finished writing. Another update, this time about Alternative Tentacles' plans to reissue the No Means No catalog. And the sad story about why those records have been out of print in recent years. Even newer music by Dead Bob, other future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this donor-driven podcast and spread the word about it. And make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control, which you can do, and I appreciate you doing. Uh, it really means a lot. Uh, you can, it's like I say, it's monthly, it's flexible, it's the primary source of revenue for all the work that goes into this podcast. So if you can, please visit patreon.com slash creative control and support this podcast and my work today. Thank you. With additional support from Blackbird Music, a well-stocked record store with uh, bricks and mortar locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and very, very friendly uh, staff who, who will help you with whatever you need if you go into one of those things, or or say you want to order every No Means No record or Hanson Brothers record uh, that you can find that are still out there circulating, you know? Uh, or eventually maybe you want to order this Dead Bob record on vinyl. Well, you can do all of those things at blackbird.ca. Just go to blackbird.ca, type in what you want, and if they can, they'll ship it right to your house wherever you live in the world. That's how it works. So thanks again to Blackbird. Again, blackbird.ca for more information. Plus, in-kind support from independent businesses like Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, respectively, in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 782 of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented John Wright of Dead Bob, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, John. How's it going? Hello, Vish. It's going, uh, it's going pretty good out here on the West Coast, a rainy day. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I can sort of see that on our screens here. Yes, it's rainy. I'm sorry. It's hot. Hot as hell in Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, yes, this week. Uh, the fires are encroaching, I understand. Yes, it's dry and there are random fires near my house even. And it's not good news No, here. no, no. Yeah. No, you, are you, but, uh, you 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 got the fires in the BC all the time too? Oh was, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. They impact you personally? Uh, no, uh, uh, even though here I live out in the woods, uh, at the at the end of the road, the very end of the road. This I'm at one end of the road, and Tierra del Fuego is on the other end of the road in Chile, um, <laughs> and uh, uh, yes, it's forested, and of course, you know, um, the weather is is changing. Uh, it's a little less predictable. We've had some quite dry spells too. So, you know, it is a concern. It, I'm surrounded by the forests and the trees and I actually have done some fire mitigation, um, of which the BC government 
paid me to do. That was oh. pretty interesting. Oh. Well, it costs less to pay me something to try to mitigate fires than to have to dole out all the money to all the people whose houses burned down. Mm. Uh, and where I live, nobody's got insurance. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're at the mercy of Mother Nature, but it's generally pretty wet around here. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to dwell on it too much further, but what kind of mitigation can a human be- being do uh, on their own? Uh, well, fire travels on the ground, not necessarily through the trees. So you do things like, and we've got a lot of cedar around here, and cedar boughs tend to hang low, mm. and that's what sets the trees on fire when the fire catches the low hanging boughs and of course any dry vegetation that's close to your house so you want to keep vegetation sort of trimmed and cleared and uh, away from the house as much as possible just basically debris i see debris on the ground is where the fire is going to travel fastest and uphill so uh, yeah you just it's essentially just kind of a bit of a fire break around your house as best you can do i mean i'm surrounded by forests so yeah yeah, well, uh, how long have you been in this? It looks uh, very appealing, your home, from what I can see. How long have you been there? I bought some property up here in back in the 90s, um, and uh, but I was living down in the Lower Mainland and had kids and whatnot, and uh, they all went to school down there in Richmond, uh, British Columbia. But I had this property, and we built a cabin on it, a couple cabins, and I knew someday I'd be probably moving up here. And mm. then uh, that day arrived... Back in 2013. Oh, right. Yeah. So I moved up and I pretty much lived full-time here in Lund. I see. Now, 2013, uh, I want to get to that just for a moment here. First of all, uh, John, I didn't really convey this to you. I think you know this. I am a deep admirer of you. And uh, it's always very meaningful to me. Mostly for your fire mitigation skills. I want to be clear. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> that's what you, <laughs> maybe they'll be calling me up from Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're known for. Everyone knows this. No, I, uh, I just want to say how, uh, nice and, uh, lovely it is to hear, uh, new music from you, so to speak. Or, yeah, new music. Let's call it new music. I know it will get into it. Some of it spans new, new, new and old, new, new and old. old. Yeah. Yep. So I just want to say it's really meaningful. Uh, to hear the album and to get to spend some time with you. Uh, the last time I saw you performing live, I wasn't a resident of Alberta yet. I lived in Ontario, but I happened to be at Sled Island in, uh, in Calgary, uh, in the year 2012. Yep. And, um, I think, and I'm, forgive me, I don't have all the chronology. No means no. Uh, the band I'm referring to that you were in with your brother Robbie and, and Tom. Yes. Tom yes. Holliston, the very, very funny Tom Holliston. When did you guys announce you were kind of wrapped up? Uh, well, we didn't really actually like typical no means no. It's, it was no, no announcement, no, uh, you know, farewell tours. Uh, uh, it just kind of happened. Our last show, uh, actual show that the three of us banging it out was in Germany in June of, uh, June of 2013 at the, uh, Owlfest, AU Fest in Frankfurt. Which was this old squatted house, big squatted apartment that we had actually never played in that building, but always played in Frankfurt and stayed out there. And the people that lived out there organized the shows and mm-hmm. were always very lovely. Uh, although, actually, hang on, I think the show business giants played in their basement. I, oh, I stand corrected. Okay. Uh, no means no didn't. But they every year they put on a festival in basically their backyard and would get... It was a big 
piece of land. We get 1,500 or 2,000 people out every summer. Hmm. And that was our, we finally, after 20 years, we finally played it. And it was awesome. And that turns out to have been the last show. Hmm. Apart from in 2014, we did a sort of an unplugged thing in Victoria for the Western Canadian uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hmm. But that was, you know, we played four songs in a kind of an, without being, no drums and whatnot. Hmm. But uh, yeah, we were kind of just taking a break, really. And then my brother... Uh, just decided that he'd kind of had enough of traveling in vans and staying in hotels. He had a young family. He didn't have kids until well into his 50s. And uh, and then he had some health issues. He's, it seems like bad hips run through our family. Huh. And uh, he just, I guess, felt he wasn't physically and mentally really uh, up to it. Huh. Uh, and and so he basically, after about a year or something, said, look, I, don't, I think I'm done. And and he was. Uh, I don't think he's picked up his bass since. Yeah, that sounds. <laughs> However, yeah. he 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 has actually taken up the guitar again, trying to learn how to do finger picking. Oh, lovely! <laughs> just for the love of it, just for the love of playing. Yeah, somebody yeah. John was it John Fahey? Or, yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Is that, yeah, 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 yeah. So, and he did actually mention uh, a few months ago. These he's been thinking about songwriting again, but I, not really in terms of no means no. Plus. Towards the end, he really wasn't into guitar, rock and roll really much and yeah. and was fully into dubstep, electronic music and whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah, he just was kind of moving on from that. Yeah, okay. So I, 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 I fixated on 2013, wondering if your move to your cabin area, your land, was precipitated by a feeling you might have that No Means No was slowing down, but it sounds like that's a coincidence. You didn't really know that it, it was, was slow- more, yeah, it was more yeah. or less a coincidence. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And sorry, uh, just cause I, I love him very much. How's Robbie, do- how's Rob doing? Is he doing okay? He's doing, yeah, he's doing fine. Yeah. He's doing fine. Again, he's, his kids are a little older now, of course, or, ooh, I think his son, the eldest, is just gone into grade. He's in grade eight now. Holy uh, Lord, really? Wow. I guess time is yeah. flying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he's, uh, He's now taller than everyone else in the family. <laughs> <laughs> and their young daughter is uh, grade, I guess, six. So oh, she's wow. Still nice. And uh, doing really well. And yep, he's pretty much a homebody. Yeah, that's great. Well, I mean, I uh, that's great to hear. And um, I guess I, I want to get into uh, the decision-making process for you when Robbie said, I think I'm done. Um, what was your first impulse? Oh, sorry. I, I know the answer to this because the last time you were on the show, uh, we talked about uh, Compressor Head, uh, the, the robot work. And to be, yes, the- <laughs> to be honest, when I heard that the album was called Lifelike, I'm like, oh, is that a reference to the <laughs> animatronic robots that uh, John was working with? Is there any, is there a coincidence there? One of the many connections and- <laughs> <laughs> threads running through the whole process. No, uh, well, not in particular, but yeah. yes, moving up here, the one thing that happened is, uh, is, uh, my kids stayed down in the lower mainland with their mother and I was living in this cabin up here. Uh, but I was living by myself for the first time in my life. Hmm. So, you know, uh, I had a lot of time on my hands and, um, started to write a lot of music or started to work on a lot of music, uh, old and new. 
and then got and then very shortly thereafter uh was con i think it was actually in two thousand fourteen uh, that I was contacted by uh, this fellow named Frank, Frank Barnes from Berlin, to tell me about this compressor head idea, this robot band. And they were big fans. Uh, the bunch of them were big fans. And the Hanson Brothers, and no means no, but they kind of wanted this band to be like a punk rock kind of Hanson ah. Brothers style thing, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, it all kind of set off from there. They We talked about it, and I didn't quite understand exactly what they wanted, but... They sent me a, a ticket to go to Berlin, so uh, I figured they were serious. <laughs> <laughs> serious people send plane tickets to people. Yeah, they serious don't know. people send yeah. plane tickets, and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and that started a. Yeah, I guess it was actually late in 2013 because it was about four years uh, to complete it and get the album recorded and play the first show, yeah. the album release, and that was in 2017. In a climbing resort in Spain, <laughs> wow. to be even more obscure. <laughs> uh, but that was, yeah, I was getting all my music mojo from mojo. from this from yeah. this project, mm. uh, which was incredibly interesting because it really forced me to completely deconstruct rock and roll and songwriting and performance because the robots do nothing, of course, intuitively. Uh, everything they do, everything, every minutia is programmed for hmm. them to do. Yeah. So and to get them to sound like they're not a bunch of robots, that they're like a punk rock band, it was quite the process of how to massage their programming and the limitations and advantages of how they played their instruments because they do actually, they were engineered to play actual instruments, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. The the drum set was a little bit strangely widely positioned, but it was a regular drum set. The bass had a bit cut off for a sliding arm. So uh, just for the ergonomics of the arm mm -hmm. of the robot, of the bass player. Uh, guitars were completely untouched. They're just uh, mounted and uh, on the robot. So the idea was, you know, that it was a like a robotic punk rock band that didn't really know they were robots. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So that was an amazing process. And in the end, I was really happy and really proud. And uh, that record, uh, Party Machine, um, I think turned out awesome. I'm. I'm. It was. Uh, it was a hell of a uh, a fun thing to do. And so what, and that's, you're talking about it in the past tense. Is that done? Well, it, then, well, yes, of course, then the humans got him, uh, got, <laughs> were the, very ironic because, uh, the guitar player decided independently from the, this other, uh, fellow Frank, uh, a fellow named Marcus, he was living in Hamburg and, um, and he had friends and bands and they'd play a show. And then after the show, instead of like enjoying the fact that they play a show, they'd argue. And, oh. and, and he was like, ah, oh, it's just like, why aren't you just happy that you're able to go and play music and, and all this? Oh, well, you know, if it was just robots, then <laughs> there would be no people arguing. <laughs> Well, as it turned out, very ironically, of course, it was the people that argued and uh, there was a falling out with the human members of the band. Oh. So they didn't get too much past the record release party and um, discord set in. So, yeah. but Frank uh, has uh, retained all the name and all that and he controls uh, the drummer and the singer and the bass player, all his robots. 
Uh, Marcus has has gone on his way with his two guitar player robots. So, but Frank is still working on it. He has to build a guitar robot himself, and just his life and all the things he's had to do. It hasn't happened yet, but he's. I talked to him recently when the Dead Bob record came out, and um, hmm. and they're at it. He's going to do some shows uh, with a canned guitar. But yeah, he's. He, he's bound and determined to get the thing going again. <laughs> it, it's weird. As you're speaking about all of these people, it, it sounds like you're both talking about like middle-aged scientists and small children. You know, <laughs> yes. they took their robots and they went home. They're like, I don't want to play with you anymore. And you're like, okay, that's weird. And then yeah. that's going to be robot side projects, dueling yeah. robot Duly, bands. Duly. That is. Well, I always thought they should, you know, those, uh, the, the robot wars, you know, these, yes. these events that happen in the, in the hockey arenas and they have that, that, that should be the band that's entertaining the crowd. Absolutely. Probably a huge money maker. <laughs> As I was, I thought I found it really fascinating, and uh, uh, so it sounds like uh, your involvement uh, is, is at least minimal for now. But maybe you'll return. I don't know. I can't quite tell. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll see. Uh, we'll see uh, if I get back working with these guys again. We, you know, yeah. I would obviously if uh, yeah. if uh, the uh, opportunity was there. I haven't got any new music for them, but you know, whatever. I'm on. A, I'm, I'm. I'm part of a no means no uh, uh, Facebook group. And uh, I saw that you were talking about putting something out and you were wrestling with what to call it and uh, the new, yeah. new project and all these things. But we were all very excited to I don't go on the Facebook very often anymore. I will confess that mm-hmm. to you, but I, I get these little uh, updates. Anyway, you start. Uh, I think you now I don't even know how it came about. How did you end up calling the thing Dead Bob again? Do you want to just talk about that real quick? Well, that was an extremely frustrating and annoying process in the sense that I'd been thinking about getting this together for a couple of years and I've been working on the music for a long while. COVID, like so many other yeah. people, gave me some time to focus on it because uh, I also subsequently bought a pub in 2017 and it pretty much entirely took over my life. Yeah, um, And COVID was... Yeah, uh, a bit of a relief. So I got very busy on working, putting real drums down on songs that had programmed drums and, and loops that I'd built music on. And I started replacing the drums and just in my workshop here, just like yeah. right there. Oh, I should say also because uh, I built this workshop and realized that I could put my drums in there. And I haven't had my drum set set up where I lived, I don't know, since 1985. Uh, no, no, there was one year in Vancouver in 1994, I think, that I was living in a house and we were practicing in the basement for one year. I'm, and I moved out. Same. My drum stayed there. So the, my point yeah, being yeah. is that here I, I can set my drums up. I can start playing again and haven't done really much playing at all since, you know, since No Means No Stop Playing. Yeah. Done a few little jamming things, but certainly my own my own drums had not been set up since 2013. So uh, I got at it and started realizing I was getting results that I liked. And so that set me down the road of finishing old songs and writing new songs and just getting all this archives in order. And then I was like, okay, well, I think I can put something out. And it never occurred to me that I could not find a name that wasn't taken. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just call, I was, what was I going to call myself? I was going to call myself Nope. To begin right. with, and then I was like, "Oh!" Then this major theatrical release was coming up, and yeah. 
And then I looked, and then that's when I started looking at names. I started mm-hmm. just, you know, Spotify. Okay, search an artist. Oh, there's like 15 artists named Nope. Uh, okay, Mr. Right. I'll be Mr. Right. That'll be a good name. R-I-G-H-T. Now there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. And every idea I came up with, I'd look and it's like, there's already, if not one, two, ten bands by these right. names. It's like, yeah. oh my God. And I, and then you just start getting kind of frustrated because you realize you're not picking a name because you're excited about it. You're just trying to pick a name that someone else doesn't have. Yeah. So it was like, oh my, I just didn't anticipate that. Yeah. But uh, our old sound man, Craig Bouget, who who now lives here in Powell River, actually, moved up a couple of years ago. He had suggested early on that I call myself Dead Bob. And then so I revisited it. At night. Well, I came up with the three minus two equals one, which I, which was very clever. Also suggested by Craig and his and his and his wife. But. Yeah, it was a little maybe too clever and a little too much of an in-joke. And, and on the surface of it, it's not that exciting. So yeah. so that's how I ended up with Dead Bob. I thought, you know, Dead Bob's not bad. It's, uh, it's of course, you know, all the 99.9% of the people who would be interested in hearing this are no means no fans. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I'm going to get the word out. And, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's pointless not to, you know, uh, talk about in reference to the band that my entire reputation is based on. So yeah, yeah. I am not and don't want to be no means no 2.0. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I've, of course I'm going to acknowledge my past. And then in the end I thought, oh, that's actually a pretty good name. It's a uh, tip of the hat to no means no, but it can, you know, I can do anything under that name. Yeah. It's It doesn't lock me into something. So nice, nice. I appreciate that. I don't normally ask people about where their names came from, but I saw you, I saw your frustration in your post. Like, the record's done. I just don't know what to call this stupid thing. What <laughs> yeah. the hell? And so I thought that was kind of funny, but I appreciate that it was also very frustrating for you. Um, so let's get into the chronology of the songs, if we can. You know, this is a bit of a complicated sure. thing compared to some artists who are like, yeah, in 2020, I went in and made a recorded 12 songs and now they're out. It's 2022. This is a bit of a temporal mishmash. Is that a fair way of putting it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, the, well, right off the bat, the title track is actually a remake of a No Means No song from the 19, late 1990s. Lifelike came out on, uh, Dance to the Headless Bourgeoisie, but it came out as a bonus track yeah. on the double vinyl. So and we couldn't, sort of, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we couldn't really play it live anyway. It was uh, immediately relegated to obscurity. And, um, but I always thought, like Robbie, like I write a lot of music for the band and yeah, all sorts of collaborations. And I wrote some lyrics, but a lot of them music that I contributed to the band that Robbie put the text to. And I always thought that was one of the best ones. Like I really thought that was an excellent uh, set of lyrics uh, to what I had written. And I was just, and, and I came across the original demo that I made before there was any lyrics to it. It was all on keyboard, just on the Korg M1 hmm. little demo. Yeah. And the version that No Means No did, I thought was a little flat. It, we weren't the right band for that song, hmm. in in a sense. I mean, we did a perfectly good version, but it was really keyboard driven, and um, I thought the arrangement could be broader. And it was just one of these, I, I hadn't, this wasn't planning on releasing it. I was just, I'm going to redo this song, because I just 
would like to hear it in a diff- slightly different way. And when I went to do it, I talked to Selena Martin. I'd met Selena through Tom. And one of my ideas for that song, Lifelike, is that it should be sort of asexual. It's not just men singing or a man singing, mm. but but not necessarily just a woman either, but just, you know, so I, I wanted a choral effect. And, and it's a duet on the record, but I wanted it to be a man and a woman. And Selena just popped in my mind, like, she's a great singer. She's and, wonderful, uh, yeah. And and I thought that that would be a great voice to be on this song. And I just sent it to her and she said, yeah. And sent her, I sang her part and then she just reproduced it over in France. That's where she lives. Oh. And yeah, in Marseille, or, oh. uh, she was. Uh, she's back there now. I think Marseille again still. Nice. And yeah, and then I just, then the song started to flesh out and become something and then, you know, eventually I went, okay, I'm, I really like this and I'm going to release it. And when I'm starting to assemble the album in my head, that was, I, I'm, I, that's when I decided to include that song. So I didn't purposely set out to release a No Means No song, but the other song that Robbie wrote on this album, Dead Bob, was a song, again, from the same time period, uh, the late 90s, uh, I can't remember if we were demoing it or working on it for Dance of the Headless or for No Means No One, hmm. but it was a song we were working on amongst others that just didn't go anywhere. Hmm. Uh, the The bass line was, again, written on keyboards, and it's in the key of C, which is like a drop C on a bass is <laughs> pretty messy. Yeah. And Robbie didn't like to, to detune his bass and play anyway, even drop D, and... Uh, so we tried it, you know, well, let's just try it in the key of E and blah, blah, blah. It just never went anywhere. We had other stuff and it was just went to the wayside. But I've always this, had this, this demo is, of, of that. This is White Stone Eyes is the song you're referring White to? White Stone Eyes, yes. Yeah, this is the yeah. second song on the record. And so I still had the words. I still had the demo. So this was one of the things I did when I moved to London. I was just sort of monkeying around with songs. It's just, I'm going to kind of do it, try to demo this song and sing it. Yeah. So actually the singing of that song is not Robbie's. It was, we never even got that far. The, the, the way I vocalized the song and arranged the sort of chorus and verses, I just, that's all me just basically arranging the music and making up my own way of singing it. I think you may be aware that some folks listening to this, uh, are in this position of not necessarily being able to discern whether Rob or you are on some of these dead or sorry, whether or not, obviously we know you're, <laughs> you're on these songs, <laughs> but there's some speculation like, wait, is that Rob in the background? Like, is that Rob doing something? Um, have you, have you heard tell of this or people like, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In fact, one of the first times I played that song to, I think Scott Henderson, do you know Scott Henderson? Yeah. Yeah. Victoria? yeah, I know. Yep. yeah, yeah. And uh, Jason Lamb were over. Uh, Jason Lamb is the fellow writing the book about No Means No. That, yes, well, it's I, ri- written. I, I see the um, updates on that. It's almost done, it, I heard. Yeah. It is done. Uh, yeah. It's just in the process of pre-sales and all that sort of stuff. Jason Lamb is actually going to be here in the house in about six hours. He's oh, coming over He's coming get, over to visit. Yeah, better get this done before then. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the, 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 the three people from the No Means No, Thi- no, no Means Nothing podcast are going to be visiting. Oh, look at you. So this book yeah. is, the, sorry, I don't mean to derail what you were saying about, uh, Rob. Well, what but, I was uh, going to say, yeah, go what ahead. I was going to say yeah. was that when I played that song, White Stone Eyes, 
they both was, is that Robbie singing? Yeah. So yes, I've I've heard this several times. Like, is that Robbie singing? Like, nope, that's me singing. But uh, I don't know. There's some. I mean, uh, I, I don't really know why. I wasn't trying to imitate my brother or anything. It's just kind of yeah. the way the song came out. Maybe I was uh, vocalizing in a way that I imagined the song to be at some point, right? Well, for those of uh, us who follow uh, music history and uh, brothers or sisters in a band. Uh, doing any kind of voice blending or singing, singing, uh, exchanging singing roles, it can be hard sometimes to discern one singer from the sure. next. I know people who can't tell the Beatles apart at this point, and it's 2023. And, <laughs> and, and to me, I'm like, oh, I mean, I grew up with that, so I know. But I, I think it's fair to say, uh, John, that for all of us out here, uh, uh, you, you and your brother Rob are like the uh, Everly Brothers of the punk rock movement, you know? Uh, <laughs> beautiful singers with uh, interchangeable voices. You did sing a lot on No Means No Records. I think maybe that's part of. I think people oh, yeah. people think Robbie did all the singing. Maybe I don't. Not 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 No Means No people. I mean like regular people, normal people who just hear bits and pieces or assume I think that your brother did most of it, but. I think that's well. Maybe, I mean, in, yeah. in, in 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 truth, he did do most yes. of it. He was the lead singer of the band. Yes. But of course, yeah, uh, Andy, for instance, uh, back yes. in the mid mid eighties, was the lead singer because my brother lost his voice for a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, and he did all the singing, and Andy did a lot more singing as well as writing yeah. for No Means No than Tom did. Yeah. But Tom ended up singing some songs. Robbie. Um, didn't necessarily have to sing all of the songs. And yes, I sang a few lead songs yeah. as well. In yeah. no means that, no. that, I think people are just trying to attune to the fact that this is a no means no adjacent project. Yeah. And you've got some songs that date back to, uh, or some of the songs were co-written with your brother. So I think I understand some of the confusion. What about some more recent, th- sorry, I know that all of it is sort of recent and that you've remade older things uh, and, and, and gussy them up with real drums and whatnot. Are there, what's like the most contemporary song on Dead Bob, on this Dead, on uh, Lifelike by Dead Bob? Uh, I think the, the, mo- the, 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 the youngest song would be That Was Too Easy. Ah. I was writing actually a song that wasn't going to be a punk rock song and ended up sort of being that. But without words, I just had a melody. And which is often the case with me. I mean, this is this is a big roadblock for me in music writings. I'm not much of or a, certainly not a prolific lyricist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I was blessed with uh, a brother who could put words and good words to my to my music all those years. Right. Yeah. And as a sidebar, that's one of the reasons why this album is the songs that it is is simply because they're the ones that were finished and had the words. I see. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, yeah. not entirely, but uh, I did have to uh, do lyric writing to get this record done. But uh, that was too easy. It was a relatively recent music. I think was actually written the music during COVID. And I've been teaming up with Ford. Ford is a very prolific lyricist. Ford Pier. Oh yeah, the best. Uh, and so I'd reached out. I reached out ages ago. I've got some songs. I don't really have lyrics. Maybe you can come up with some ideas. And yeah, he's, he's, some ideas had arisen and I, I'd sent him one song and he sent me the words for it. And I listened to him and, nah, well, the words are kind of okay, but they don't fit this music. Hmm. And I was right while I was writing this other song and I realized, wait a minute, <laughs> they completely fit like a glove. 
So oh. it was like he sent me words for one song, and I just sang them to another. Oh, <laughs> and it worked out just fine. Yeah. It was uh, it was kind of like weird, but you know, uh, it was exciting. It was good. It was uh, it, it brought that whole song together. So yeah. that was too easy. Is the most current, uh, but uh, for, but but not something you wrote the lyrics for. Is that what I'm able no. to discern? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Ford Ford wrote those lyrics but not to that music (laughs) (laughs) so in terms of lyric writing i get some of these songs are finished did you write lyrics for newer fresher lyrics for any of the things we're hearing oh yeah um uh uh, one of you uh was written to finish that song because it was a song i really wanted to be on the album and i kind of knew in my head what it should be but it took a while to try to and and you know it's a little bit kind of quasi robbie in a way it's uh, a bit of that uh metaphysical content i suppose i don't know is it a love song uh, no <laughs> i'm just trying to figure okay i can't figure it out uh because it does seem to be about someone specific if i may yeah yeah it's it's about sort of the world we live in and that is of course completely one to ourselves because we can't live in other people's worlds but yeah. obviously we do uh, so it's 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 just kind of a paradox that uh, and the the line that was the line that that sort of uh, sums it up is uh, uh, I'm alone with you. So I'm alone, but with you, right. and you're alone, but you're with me. So we're not alone, but we are alone. You know, it's this sort of idea of how we uh, are, are connected to one another, yeah. and and that paradox in our lives. So you know, not super overly deep, but kind of intriguing and more of a meditation i think and that and the song ends with a kind of a chant which is and actually i should say that the last line is i'm one of many parts of one Mm. and i heard that i think i heard it on the radio might even be in the cbc i have no idea i cannot remember in what context it was but that line stuck in my head Mm. and that's kind of where i wanted that song to be and it took a long while for me to try to articulate something to go along to, you know, I'm not a psychologist or a a, a particularly a, a deep philosophical thinker. Yeah. But the line really caught me and I, I wanted to find a way of expressing it. And that song, uh, that's how that song was born. So hmm. those were pretty recent lyrics. And that song was created specifically for this record to be on this record. You say recent, and, uh, recent. Can you actually put a, a kind of time on it? A year on that that one? Uh, that music was probably written ten years ago. Yeah, and the lyrics last year, I guess. Okay, so where I'm, you can In probably the- imagine where I'm going to go here, John. We're the world is the world right now. Do you feel like the world at, at uh, the world <laughs> as it is as such? Almost paraphrasing, uh, no means no uh, reference with myself there. Do you think the world as it is spinning right now has influenced uh, this particular record, your lyrics, uh, the mood of it in in some way? Yeah, absolutely. In the sense that it's not an accident that the first line of the album is fuck this fucking shit. (laughs) And the last line of the album is I'm just hanging on. Gotta believe I'm just hanging. You gotta believe, you gotta gotta believe, gotta believe, gotta believe I'm just hanging on. So this is a reaction. Sorry to cut you off there. I just wanted to get the lyrics right. Uh, John, if you and I get fact-checked by the fact-checking police on these lyrics, (laughs) we'll be hell to pay. I'm sorry. I just want to be clear. No, uh, you're saying this is reflective of 
personal that was deliberate yeah. those that opening line and that closing line that was deliberately arranged to to bookmark the record it's a it's a frustrating and angry time and there, those of us who are uh you know mingling with our fellow humans it's a weird time but we also uh, those of us who are doing so uh often try to find uh, respite and joy and happiness and that to me is a perfect time for a band like no means no uh, to be around or for us to dig into their music. Cause I always think, uh, you guys captured those things, those extremes, the doom, the frustration, but also the fucking everything's ridiculous and absurd. Let's have a laugh. Uh, <laughs> so I just want to commend yeah. you on that. Like right now <laughs> is a weird time. And I'm trying to, f- I have both at a heightened level of like frustration, but what the hell? Everything doesn't make any sense. Uh, so do you, I'm not saying you guys were fortune tellers, soothsayers, but I'm just saying uh, it's the nice it's a nice time to listen to Dead Bob and to ponder No Means No. Does that make sense to you? I yeah, I I think that as this time is progressing here um, from the '80s till now, I think that people are being more and more and more and more forced to look at themselves and to try to understand like what part of this world are. What is their part in this world? But forced also because you can't avoid the world. Um, and the make believe worlds that we live in, it's, it's, it's harder and harder to detach yourself from what's going on. I mean, I guess that's always been the case, but it just seems to be the world is starting to close in on everyone more than it did. I mean, when I grew up, there was, of course, you know, the nuclear winter was the, you know, was the big fear. Um, and a cold war, and, literally a cold war. Yeah. Like, I mean, sorry, not literally, yeah. but a cold war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a nuclear annihilation was this sort of really the first truly human existential problem. Mm-hmm. And it has only become more complicated than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shall we say. And I think just people are more f- having to face themselves and 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 uh, having to face the world and they can't hide from these things anymore. And I think no means no always Robbie was, you know, he looked into himself and then was, had the ability to express that to people. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so I think the, there is, I think that's maybe what you're touching upon is yeah. that no means no was already in the process of doing what all, uh, people are doing these days. Yeah. Well, we all should do. I mean, Robbie once said everyone should go see a therapist for a year. Yeah. yeah. Whether you think you need it or not, yeah. just go talk to someone and and be very surprised what comes out of you. <laughs> so I think discovering uh, ourselves as humanity is now even more pressing. Yeah. Uh, at least it feels that way. I mean, it doesn't necessarily will turn out that way, yeah. but it, it feels that way. Uh, I think it feels that way more than than it did 50 years ago. Yeah. I appreciate your perspective on it. Um I will say that as I was listening to this record, like I, I've acknowledged that we've acknowledged that it is sort of temporarily a little bit all over the place. Sorry, we fixated on the late nineties and then we've talked about some current stuff, but you've also, I think made allusions to like, well, that song, the music is 10 years old. So we're still in that temporal weirdness, I think with the dead Bob record that we, the first thing we've heard here, but a song like no tomorrows, um, aesthetically and sonically really stands out for me 
too. Like, uh, I, I think I'm hearing acoustic guitars. I think I'm hearing like a different vocal delivery. Um, I think that's, is that, does that resonate with you? Oh yeah. That song is definitely the oddball stylistically, yeah. uh, again, written 10 years ago. Hmm maybe 2014 was one of those songs that was born and created in that time when I first moved here and was in a very productive, creative time in my life. I had all this time alone and, 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 and the robots were all part of that as well. I went on quite a binge of songwriting and that was one of the songs. It was actually quite, it was complete. The the words and the music all came at the same time, which is really rare for me. And uh, it was also one of the songs that I was still learning how to write on GarageBand. And, um, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so it was GarageBand was this huge kind of creative uh, um, inspiration too, learning to write on it and do stuff on it. And uh, yeah, that song just kind of came out. And that's why on the record, I leave the, the drum loop that I used. I, I mean, I... That drum loop I fucked with a little bit, but I left it there because that's 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 the original demo. What you hear off the top of that song is is the original demo, mm. a- except uh, my son Aiden played some acoustic guitar for me. I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I had a digital horn part for that song, which uh, was very happy. The uh, a woman uh, Christy Liadette, who plays in a band called Wrong R O N G from Vancouver. Oh, weird. Yeah, she's partners with Byron Slack from Invasives. Ah. And they, yeah, they've been together for a couple of years. And she's a very talented multi-instrumentalist as well. And she plays guitar, keyboards, sings, um, and plays the horn, a trumpet, cornet. And uh, that's the only song on this album, but the next album has probably three songs that have horn arrangements. I write a lot of horn arrangements, which is really huh. will be different from No Means No Fans you know, there has actually, there's been a few horn, quote unquote, parts on some No Means No releases. Yes. Digitally. You know, my dream would be to have a horn section live that I would play with. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, so so she uh, she replaced the digital horns on that demo. Yeah. And uh, and then I, when the arrangement, I brought the live drums in and a live bass guitar in for the second half of the song. So, yeah. But what you hear off the hop, that was the sound of and the singing. The singing too is the same. Hmm. I may have replaced one or two lines, but it's essentially what I sang, and it's why maybe you, it sounds a little strangely delivered to you. Because hey, don't uh, put this on me. I'm just saying. I, I didn't say it was strangely oh, delivered. No. I, it's, it sounds strangely delivered to me as well. <laughs> Some people say it sounds like Ween. They go, oh, yeah, well, it sounds so like th- Ween. It's a, you have identified it as an oddball on the record, and so and I agree. And I obviously I, I've highlighted it because it does stand out when you're. Thinking about the fan, you're, you're very, I think you'd probably agree, John. Um, the no means no fan base is a pretty loyal one and accepting. Oh, yeah. And I've discovered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, does it give you any apprehension to put a song like this out at all at this point? Like, uh, I wonder if people are going to think this one's really out. The, the rest of it, and it could be argued, like when Just Breathe comes on and you scream, fuck this fucking shit. Those of us who are attuned to what you've been doing uh, are like, oh yeah, okay, here we go. This this is going to be this is going to be uh, like no means no, or this is in that spirit. By the way, you, yeah. you mentioned Byron Slack. I believe he plays on that song among some yeah, other ones. Yeah, that is co-written with Byron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, but, it's, uh, yeah. My point. Yeah. My point being, are you you've got to probably be at this point in your life not scared 
to uh, present people with things they might be uh, uh, surprised by. Is that a fair way of looking at this? Oh, yeah. No, it's and it's never been a consideration, even for No Means No, although we had a certain style. Our live shows were always this energy yeah. that were there. And there was always the, uh, uh, you know, for the for the people who just wanted that punk rock energy and volume, it was always there. But we never uh, purposely set out to write songs to sound like No Means No. Yeah. Uh, they did because we are who we are. Yeah. Um, but if you listen to the songwriting on over the course of our of, of our albums, it's really all over the place. And also, you know, my time, I've been playing music with Tom for, God, forever too as yeah, well, yeah. before he was in, in No Means No. Mm-hmm. And his band, which is primarily his music, the show business giants, uh, was purposely like all over the map all the time. Yeah. And that was kind of the idea was just, you know, just taking different genres and, and well, you know, show business giants was also a lot of, Goofy and funny and, and teasing and, and parody. But that idea of, of mixing styles and is, is always been there from yeah. the very, very beginning. Yeah. So this is no different. Um, and that's why I say like Dead Bob is not necessarily no means no 2.0. Uh, the next album, which is pretty much already well on its way. I've already got the song order. I know what I have oh, to finish nice. some stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, like I say, I was working on a huge archive of music yeah. that this first album is just kind of what I finished Yeah, and what yeah. I wanted to finish to make an album. Yeah. Uh, but other songs are well on their way or some, you know, more than others. But yeah, the next album is, is, is already in my mind uh, what it'll be. And it's going to be a little bit different in that respect. Mm. There'll be more of the not necessarily the style of No Tomorrows, the song you're referring to, yeah. but the idea that it's not necessary. It'll be a little less No Means No-ish, I guess, uh, sure. in the sense that, A, there won't be a song on it that Robbie wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just that in, it gives this first album a little bit of that feel, right? So I am not a... Uh, to answer your question, I'm not a... I, it doesn't occur to me uh, that I need to write a kind of song. Good. Yeah. No, I mean, sorry, not good. I'm, I I know this about you, but I just want to clarify because there are, I think you, when you yourself say, uh, that's the oddball, I don't think you're self-conscious about it, but you're conscious of it. Okay. This is going to yeah. be a bit different for the people who know what I do. Let's see how they, and I assume the reception in general, uh, has been pleasant. You're pleased with what people have been saying about dead Bob. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. the detractors have not made themselves known, so <laughs> <laughs> the reviews have been all good. <laughs> no, that's great, and I'm happy to hear you already work uh, to work on on uh, the next thing. You referenced this archive. Uh, I just I have to ask: Is it because you've been making music for so long? Uh, is it is it an archive that spans the entirety of your uh, music making life, or is it from a certain period that you're digging into? Uh, no, I think I'm not digging back to uh, like the '80s or the '70s. Sure. Okay. Um, so these like like uh, Whitestone Eyes was a very old song, and of course, Life Like was a remake from that period. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the stuff I'm working on now is is uh, there is a few little things from back around then when I was doing demos that weren't ne- even necessarily for No Means No. Yeah. Whether they see the light of day, I'm not sure. But a lot of what I'm working on now uh, is 
relatively in the last 20 years. Okay, cool. And I'm now, you know, getting to that point, like, okay, I got another album together uh, that I want to do. But I'm also thinking, you know, I started, I've started been playing around with some new stuff as well. So there's stuff that's, uh, I've just started writing in the last, you know, two years. Now, the Dead Bob record, Lifelike, is currently available digitally. Are you planning on uh, some sort of physical release? Yes, I am. There's a bit of a glitch in the works right now as far as getting vinyl and CDs out, but I definitely want to. And it looks like in Europe, I really need to have a label oh, okay. uh, to do this. And I'm, there are, I'm trying to figure out how to get a band together and play. I obviously would like to play with Byron and Ford and Christy and my business partner here, uh, Colin McRae, uh, he played in a band called Pigment Vehicle for, oh, for years. Oh, I saw that band. I saw them yeah. in uh, I saw them in Guelph, Ontario, I think. In a, yeah, they've been across yeah. the country. They were a really crazy, weird band yeah. that were extremely challenging <laughs> to the average listener. Yeah. But uh, uh, very technical music and... and um, I remember us liking them. I think they played a I'm pretty sure it was them that played in a basement. I live at a house I eventually, if not, was living in in Guelph. So yeah, I remember them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah no, they were they. You know, they were they were doing their thing and uh, and getting out there and playing. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, Colin, I didn't know him well back then. He's probably ten years younger than me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. But we played a couple of shows together, and and uh, I knew him. Uh, I was acquainted with him and Craig Vishak, Jason, the drummer Jason. Uh, of course, they, we were all from Victoria. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I didn't get to really know him until I moved up here. And he had already moved up here. He had long since stopped playing music, and he lived in the Kootenays uh, in the mountains there for a while. Then he moved to Powell River, and he was getting stuff going here. And so when I moved up, it was somebody I knew here. Mm. And and I have since gotten to know him much better yeah. living up here. And then we went on. I helped him build a coffee shop. And then we eventually became partners in this pub together with some other fellas. And so recently he's been like, I want to play music again. Oh, nice. And so he's uh, essentially, so I'm your new bass player. <laughs> oh, cool. So, uh, yeah, we haven't actually jammed. We did play in another band together, but he was, uh, we were double drums. He played drums and so did I, oh, a wow. local band, with actually Craig Bishak from Pigment Vehicle, oh. who also lived here for several years. And that was lots of fun. Uh, so he's going to play bass, and um, if I can get these other folks to play, that will be awesome. People have, of course, their lives and their jobs, and yeah. we're not all 20 years old anymore. I can just run off and do stuff. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think Ford is pretty much on board and ready to do something different. So, you know, as with No Means No, our main audiences, at least the larger numbers and the money was mostly in Europe, and to get back to what I was saying about hard yeah, copy, that yeah. we need somebody over there really to, you can't service Europe from here. Uh, so I'm looking into that and also looking into probably just getting a label to do. I mean, there's alternative tentacles. I haven't approached them. Uh, there's other labels that I've been thinking about, thinking maybe this is just better to, to get that all rolling. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, you know, digitally out there streaming. Um, it, it had a great response on Bandcamp. No, it's, it's great. A- yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, lots of people buying the digital download. I guess I'm up over thirty thousand listens. So in the first couple of weeks, that's awesome. 
Yeah. And also, the, it's yeah, it's been really, really, uh, uh, you know, it was a long time coming. And it was very frustrating for me to get this all done. and But it was very satisfying that people have been uh, lots of great response. Lots of people really happy. Good. Well, I'm happy for you, John. And on behalf of uh, happy fans, thank you. We're happy. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. It means a lot. Uh, you referenced uh, Jason Lamb's uh, book about No Means No. Uh, some of us have been trying to figure out what's going You also just referenced Alternative Tentacles. Some of us have been wondering what the hell is going on with this reissue campaign that may or may not be happening with No Means No stuff. Uh, well, and- yes, that's been very, it's in the works. Like AT, it's like, you know, I said, well, you know, you just guys go ahead. This is several years ago to, yeah. to just reissue all the back catalog. And, uh, uh, during COVID, of course, things were difficult and the vinyl is very difficult. It's getting easier now, but, yeah. you know, there's no more record pressing plants out there. Very few. They're all boutique things. And then suddenly, you know, Adele wants her record out on vinyl and, yeah. you know, and there's a two year backlog trying to get things pressed. So I think that's all clearing up. Oh, so this is definitely in the works. It's coming. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they okay. managed to do one single, <laughs> the Dad Revenge single. I have that. I have that single. It's on the. It's in the living room, or where did I put it? It's around here somewhere. Yeah, I have that thing. That's great. Yeah. So yeah. It's, uh, yeah. We unfortunately had a sort of a when, – when we went away – when we left AT, we were pursuing better – Distribution in Europe was kind of the impetus. It wasn't really had nothing really to do with AT yeah. itself. And, uh, and we got on with Southern Records, uh, as our own label, quote unquote, wrong records. Yep. But that all went to hell. Uh, hmm. kind of got ripped off. Um, hmm. at least in my estimation, we did. Um, and so they, Southern was pressing and releasing a lot of our back catalog in the 2000s. And then, uh, you know, then we kind of fizzled and they stopped sending us any statements, but kept selling mm. our records for another eight years. Uh, but, uh, when I approached them five, six years ago saying like, okay, we're, we're kind of, we're done. Yeah. And as far as I knew, our contract was null and void because they hadn't sent us a statement in like five years. And I think it was done anyway, the contract. And so I was asking Allison, who was running it, can we get our artwork and our masters back? And she just never did. That's they're gone, as far as I know. I had someone in I had someone in London look for them because he went through a same problem trying to get crass and rudimentary peanut, a bunch of stuff from them, and he had to actually go to like warehouses and find them and take them himself. Oh no. <laughs> and and oh, he no. couldn't hmm. no and he was not able to and there was someone else who worked for Southern who said, Yeah, they didn't know where anything was. So So the reissues that will appear at some point will be some sort of reproduction of Yeah, they all have to be recreated. I mean every C D is a master essentially, but yeah. the artwork all has to be recreated and, and it's yeah, it's time consuming and, 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 you know, it's all that expense again, you know, like I'm instead so of sorry. here's That's, the files, yeah. go print it. It's yeah. now the expense of putting these things all back together. So <sighs> it's a bit of a process. Uh, not surprising. It's taking some time. I would have hoped that they would have been able to have a few things more out by now. I think the idea now is to, 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 to get and release wrong because it's our most popular, most recognizable yeah. record. Yeah. Uh, to try to come out with when this 
album is going to be ready, but that's going to be very soon. <laughs> sorry, when, you mean when the book is ready? Well, book, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah when yeah. the book is okay. ready. Yeah. It's like, it would be a good synergy. Yeah. You know, I've released Dead Bob and the book comes out later this year uh, officially. And if they could get wrong release, it'd be a good synergy of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. Uh, exposure if I could get out and play live. So, so the idea is to play live if I can. I hope perhaps if it's uh, possible when the book is out, perhaps maybe we can reconvene with Jason and whoever else wants to participate. We can have another chat because uh, yeah, I, I would love to dig into the book and, and, and learn and be able to spread the word about it, I guess is what I'm saying. So I appreciate this, uh, John. So if people want to learn more about uh, Dead Bob, I assume the best place is your band camp. Is that fair? Band camp. Yep. Uh, and, uh, uh, Instagram, dead Bob. Oh, it's like dead, dead dot underscore dot Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't actually get dead Bob. Uh, and, and of course, uh, I put everything up on the no means no Facebook page as well. Right. Okay. Uh, that's ongoing to communicate with the, with fans who follow, follow it. Uh, uh but that's, uh, yeah, that's how you find out what's going on. And I actually, I just, also, just today, discussing a T-shirt is going to be produced by a company called uh, Bifocal Media hmm. down in the States. And they've been re doing kind of their own one-off uh, artist designs of no means no imagery. And they do three or 500 runs, and they've all been selling out. Oh, nice. Yeah, Bifocal Media. And oh, I only okay. know them through email, but uh, Charles seems like a... Very nice man, and uh, and they pay us. So <laughs> everything about that deal sounds well, sweet. You know, that hasn't always happened in our yeah, lives. Yeah. So <laughs> all right, well we'll look out for that. Follow you on Instagram, and uh, I urge people to check out the Bandcamp. I'll link to various things in the uh, podcast description here. John, if we can go out on a song from this Dead Bob record, play one for our people to hear. I wonder if you can choose it and maybe explain why it came to mind. Oh, geez, I wasn't prepared to pick a song. I like to surprise uh, people at the end. It's an ambush. <laughs> well, as I always say, I know we're running out of time. It's like once you uh, write and record and put a song out there, it's no longer yours. And yeah. uh, uh, and people say, what is this song about? What does this mean? It's like, well, basically, it means whatever it means to you because <laughs> I don't know how you hear it and what you interpret it from, yeah. uh, what you interpret from it. And it really doesn't matter what I was thinking when I was writing it. It only matters what you're thinking and feeling while you're listening to it. Yeah. So if that's a cop out, well, then. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. No. Yeah. Um, uh, well, probably the opening track. Why not? Uh, Just Breathe, uh, which is what I think we all really have to remember to do. <laughs> Stop. Take a breath. <laughs> it's good. It's uh, both a, a nice, uh, intense song and a yoga mantra, I think, is what where exactly. we're at. It's a meditative there, yeah. mantra. All right, this so is listen just... Listen to it over and over and over and over again. <laughs> Don't forget to breathe, everyone. That's the moral of this story. Uh, this is Just Breathe by Dead Bob from the uh, wonderful new record, Lifelike. Uh, John Wright, always a tremendous uh, pleasure. You don't know this as a drummer myself, who I wanted to say, first time in my life I have a house where I can set up my drum kit in like 20 hey, years as well. It's really awesome, fun. Awesome. So I admire you for various things, uh, various reasons, I should say, John. Not just your fire mitigation, not just your whatever. <laughs> I'm just making jokes. I just want to thank you so much for making time for me, and, and I wish you the best of luck in the future, and I hope we talk again soon. 
Uh, I hope we do too. And uh, I, I, yes, thanks so much for reaching out. And uh, yeah, we'll talk again. And keep drumming. I will. I'll take that as an order. <laughs> thanks, John. We'll do. All right. Ciao. <laughs> It's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Oh, it's always a thrill and an honor to get to speak to John Wright from No Means No. We've had many conversations over the years. I saw No Means No so many times, and then we became friendly because they kept, who's that guy? Why does that guy keep showing up? Does he want something from us? Is he, is something wrong? What? Let's talk to him. And then they realized I liked them, and then we, we became friendly. So it's nice to have John Wright back on uh, the show. This time he's appearing on the uh, 782nd episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and is available just about wherever you get your podcasts if you can't find an episode that you're looking for or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter please visit vishkana.com and also like creative control on facebook if that's your thing you can also follow the show on twitter at vish creative or you can follow me directly on twitter and on instagram at vishkana if any of those things are your thing also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to support this donor-driven podcast. $6 American or more a month grants you access to exclusive content, uh, things you won't get anywhere else. You get the episodes earlier than everybody else. That's a thing as well. And if you're interested in receiving a creative control t-shirt, I still have uh, some sizes left in the uh, maroon design and the uh, yellow pizza design so you can learn more about all of these things what they look like at uh, patreon.com slash creative control and if you'd like a t-shirt after you've made your donation just message me on there and i'll get you a, a shirt while supplies last otherwise if you don't want anything and just want to support the show please do patreon.com slash creative control thank you so much speaking of thanks thanks again to the wonderful alberta record store blackbird music with locations in edmonton and calgary alberta and uh, where you can go to uh, order things online as well via their website, blackbird.ca. Also want to thank Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, three wonderful independent businesses based in Guelph, Ontario, where I used to live, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, where I never lived, but man, did I partake of some of their donuts. And uh, all of those places provide in-kind support for the show, and I thank them for that. Oh, the thank yous never end. Thanks to Jim Guthrie for letting me use some music that he has created and loans me for this show. He's an old friend of mine, and I love him very much. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you so much for listening to this conversation I had with John Wright. I hope you enjoyed it, uh, and uh, we'll dig into his latest project, Dead Bob, and look forward to all the no-means-no-wares that may be coming in the near future. And also for subscribing to this podcast or following it and telling your friends all about it and spreading the word about Creative Control. It means so much to me that you do that so thank you i'm gonna go now i wish you well but i will talk and i will talk to you soon that's what i was trying to say there but i fumbled all right goodbye for now